We're going to do it again. No, we're not going to do it again. All right. Hey, good morning. Welcome to Silver Creek Online. We are so glad that you're joining us. Uh, we are praying for all of you that you're staying safe, that you're, that you're doing the things that you need to do to get through this. Um, as Jacob mentioned, we are in our last week of our new series, not a new series, that's the series we've been doing, called CareerWise. Uh, and we've been taking about six weeks right now uh, looking at what you do. Really considering the job that we have, or, or how you make a living, or how you spend your days, and, and we've included anybody, whatever it is that you do, so if you're retired, what you're doing with your retirement, if you're a stay-at-home parent, if you're a volunteer, really just focusing on that thing that you do that's contributing to culture, or contributing to society, contributing to community. Whatever it is, what we're trying to find and look is, how do we find value in that? How do we find purpose in that career? Because really what we know is that it needs to be more than just the job that you do. We want it to be more than just what it is that we produce. So if you happen to have any time on your hands right now, and you've missed any of our past services, um, you can go back. So I've seen that some of you have finished Netflix. Uh, you can go back and catch any message that you've missed. Uh, now's a great time to do it. But what we know is that right now, clearly, nobody's job looks like it did a month ago. If you're a stay-at-home parent, you've become a teacher. If you're a teacher, you've become a stay-at-home parent. We've got more people working in their pajamas than ever before. All of the introverts, they're loving this whole situation. They recognize that they can't celebrate very loudly or they'll receive judgment for that. Um, I personally, I have never dreamed in my entire life of being a television or online preacher. And yet here we are. Also, I just want to be clear, I have not put on 10 pounds. Um, I may have relocated some of the pounds, working out less, uh, but we're just going to blame the new cameras for whatever it is. Somebody told me we've got three cameras, so I got 30 pounds that I can go with now. But anyway, regardless, we are all working differently. And this morning, as we wrap up career-wise, <clears throat> what I want us to see is how we can find significance in what we do. And I'm convinced that some of the ideas that we're going to look at can help us find significance in the future when we go back to our normal lives or normal jobs or normal responsibilities. But I'm also convinced that we can find significance right now in what we're doing, in whatever it is that you do right now. So we can find significance right now. We can find some significance in the future when we get back to normal. But ultimately, we will limit our significance if all we pursue is success, if we want our full potential, it's going to come when we look into being significant. And there's nothing wrong with being successful. Successful isn't something that we need to avoid. Success isn't something we need to be ashamed of. But if we want the opportunity for something to become more, it happens when we discover that, that life will be re rewarding by pursuing significance over success. You should go ahead and you should pursue, you should be successful at your job. You should do a great job. You should be good at your career. Really, you should be the best you can capably, cap you're capable of being. But you should also recognize that we need to pursue significance over success. We can actually become a benefit. It can become a greater benefit to us personally when we pursue significance over success. We also can make a huge impact on our community and our world, and it can be huge. Recently, I was listening to a podcast uh, by a guy named Rabbi Daniel Lappin, and he was talking about, he was telling the story about this girl and her mom, and they found themselves in, in the Nazi concentration camps back in World War II. This little girl was eight years old at the time, 
And in this concentration camp, her mother said, listen, listen, daughter, we are are living in this horrific situation, something we would never have even imagined possible. But the mom said, listen, you can still find purpose. You can still make a difference in the lives of others. And the girl was confused, and she turned to her mom. She's like, mom, how is that possible? What can I possibly do? I'm eight years old, living in a concentration camp. What can I do to help others? And her mom said, listen, your job, as you walk around every day, as you interact with others, as you go about everything that you're doing, your job is to smile. Everything that you do, do it with a smile. And as you do everything you do with a smile, each moment you are going to bring some joy to somebody. Each person that you interact with is going to be impacted by your smile. She's like, that's your job. And it gave this little girl purpose. This little girl suddenly had significance. And every day she went about her day smiling. She ended up surviving in those camps. And as an adult, she would explain and she would tell people that that what allowed her to make it through that situation was the purpose that she felt. It was the fact that she found a way to be significant. And when you and I pursue significance over success, it's going to lead to a couple things. The first thing it's going to lead to is we will have everything. We will have all the things that money can't buy. Success will lead to all kinds of things. We'll have all kinds of possessions and toys and cars and clothes. You might have a position. You might have power. All of those are the things that you can buy with success. Not necessarily bad, but significance allows you to have what money can't buy. Significance actually leads to things like peace and hope and contentment and purpose and fulfillment. Also, when we pursue significance over success, it means we get to add value to others. Success means I'm adding value to myself. Success means I'm making myself better. Success is improving my own situation. Again, not necessarily bad, but we're missing out if that's the only deal. We're missing out if we don't allow our success to lead to significance by adding value to other people, by helping other people grow, by helping other people succeed at what they're doing. We're making life better for those around us, making the situation for others better when we choose to live and pursue significance. Significance also means that we get to develop unlimited influence. When we begin to pursue significance, that means we're taking all of our skills and our abilities and our resources and our time and our energy, and we're using those things, and we're leading with our success, and we're using it to lead into influence and and significance. And taking that success that we've created, it gives us a chance to then invest in others so that they can be successful. We can use what we do to demonstrate how to grow and how to make the most of what we've been given. It allows us to really be able to influence others and and help them to grow and help them be able to develop. And then the last aspect of having influence is it allows us the opportunity to be impacting eternity. When we begin to find significance, what we're doing is that we're bringing a benefit and a change to other people's lives. We're doing something that's, that's greater than just for ourselves. We're, we're improving the reality for more than just ourselves, which can really begin to have an, a, rip, a ripple effect that can last way beyond our time on earth. And if we truly believe that, that there is heaven, if we truly believe in a reality that Jesus can be the answer to, be this, um, to help lead us to having an amazing life, to, to experiencing eternity in heaven then that means that we can be a person of significance that really can understand and realize that we have a privilege and we have a responsibility to impact all of eternity. And again, there's nothing wrong with being successful. 
It's something that we should strive for. We should strive for godly success, however, and that should be something that in everything that we do, we pursue and we're trying to be successful in a godly way, but don't just settle for that. Don't just settle for success in your life. Let's go beyond success and actually pursue significance. So let me give you a biblical definition of significance. Significance is this. Significance is leveraging what I've been given to go beyond my own ambitions to accomplish God's eternal purposes. Significance means that you and I are going to take what God has blessed us with. That could be the skills that you have or the abilities that you have, the resources that God has blessed you with. Maybe it's the time that you've got. Maybe it's your education. All of these things ultimately are the successes in your life. And we can use those successes to go beyond our own ambition, to go beyond our own goals, go beyond what you and I have attained and what we have accomplished. We can use those things for something even greater, to take those things and be a part of God's purpose and use those beyond ourselves. Now, most of the time when we're thinking about success and we're thinking about God, most of the time we think about how can I leverage God so that I can be successful? Oftentimes we think, what do I have to do to keep God happy enough that maybe he'll give me what I ask for? At the same time, God's thinking, hey, let's just take what you've got right now and let's do something with it, whatever it is. And for some of us, maybe, maybe you've got lots of resources, maybe you've got lots of skills, lots of abilities, lots of knowledge, all, a lot of success. Or maybe you look at your life and you're like, I don't have a whole lot. Maybe it feels like your resources are limited or maybe you don't see that you've got very many skills or many abilities or you don't feel very successful. Truly, what God wants to do is he wants to take whatever it is that you have and help us to begin to find that there's a way to demonstrate or find significance in what you've got. And it comes when we take what we have and we begin to leverage it towards God's eternal purposes. And today in our current situation, it might be more critical than ever to figure this out. Because so much of what has always felt like success is now limited. Because we all get to stay home. We all, we're all pursuing or trying to figure out how to stay healthy and protect other people by keeping distancing. So what this means is we have to decide, we have to be creative at how, if we're going to do this. We have to be creative about looking at what we do have and then leveraging it for God's purposes. In fact, this week as a church, we're going to try something new. This week, Elizabeth and I, we are actually going to be hosting an online conference webinar. And we're going to be bringing in local businesses, local business owners and business leaders, and we're going to be having a conference online. We've invited seven participants to join us, uh, seven different leaders to come and share about what they're learning about dealing with COVID-19 in their business or in their cons, in their cons, uh, where they're at. And we've asked them to share about how are you coping with this and how are you adjusting to this situation? How are you creatively dealing with this situation? And then what we're doing is we're opening it up. It's an open invitation to all business owners, all leaders in Lidwood and Edmonds and Muckleteo. We're going to send out an invite for anybody to attend. And then we've asked those that are presenting to talk about what it is that they're doing. And we've got a variety of businesses that are going to speak to this. Uh, We've got an architect that's joining us. We've got somebody from a local Starbucks that's joining us. Uh, We've got a guy that's a part of the Muckleteo Chamber of Commerce. He's the president. He's going to be talking about how we can go about our businesses, can be pursuing some of the dollars that the federal government has made available. We've got an attorney. We've got a guy that's a part of a, that owns a boat club. We've got all of these different people, and some of them, some of their businesses are thriving. Some of their businesses are struggling, and they're talking about how they're dealing with that. 
We've also reached out to the mayor's office, and, and it looks like they're going to be sending someone. We're hoping it's the mayor. We're not still positive, but somebody from the city is hopefully going to join us and be sharing about this, what the city is doing. And really, this isn't about any business promoting themselves. This isn't an opportunity for any business to to get their message out about who they are. What we want to help facilitate is we want to bring local businesses together to support each other, to encourage each other, to strengthen each other, to be creatively managing through this pandemic. So what we're trying to do is leverage what we've got, the success that God has given us, the tools that God has given us, and facilitate bringing all of these individuals together. If you happen to know somebody that would want to be included in that, you can click on that connect card and just, just put their name and their email and maybe the business they're a part of. Just put it in the prayer request and send it in. And then we will send an invite to them. We'll provide them any information as it becomes available. But ultimately, what we want to do with this is we want to leverage what God has given us to be able to accomplish God's purposes. And what I want you to see this morning, and what my hope for this morning is, is that each of us will begin to see how we can find significance in what we do. We're talking about some choices that you and I can make to be significant when we get back to normal life and find significance Monday through Friday. How we can make some choices and some steps that will make a huge difference when we get back to our normal gig. Some steps that will also transform how we approach the upcoming weeks and months as we deal with whatever is to come and whatever it is that we have to overcome. So here's the first step. The first step to finding significance is to ask God to use you each day. If you and I want to be significant in our work, it starts by beginning each day by saying, God, will you please use me today? It means starting each day by saying, God, I am giving myself to you. God, I'm giving my job to you. God, I'm giving my schooling to you. You can use it however you want. It's saying, God, today, this is your day. God, today, I want my life to matter. I want my life to count. So God, you can use my work. You can use my job, whatever. You can use it as you wish. There was this prophet in the Old Testament by the name of Isaiah. A prophet was essentially an individual that that spoke as a messenger between God and the people and between God and the Israelites, would bring a message to those individuals. And, And Isaiah was living at a time where the Israelites and the leaders of the Israelites, they had all turned their backs on God. And they were doing their own thing and they were pursuing their own ambitions. They were really pursuing their own agendas. And Isaiah was just like all of them until one moment he has this encounter with God. And it changes the direction of his life forever. In Isaiah 6, 8, we see the conversation, the prayer that was happening between God and Isaiah. Isaiah says this. He says, Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, Here am I. Send me. So God is saying, Listen, I need to send somebody. I need to send somebody to go tell the people that I love them, that I recognize they've turned their backs, but I still love them, I still care for them. Would they return to me? He's saying, I need to find somebody that will step up to the task and go talk to these people. And Isaiah looks at God and says, just give me a couple of weeks. I need to think on this for just a second. Isaiah's like, I got a couple of business deals I need to wrap up. I'm waiting on an offer on the house that I'm trying to sell. My daughter's actually got a flute concert next weekend. We're really hoping she gets a scholarship so she can go to college. And and so, God, if you could just give me a little time to think on that, it'd be great. It's not what he did. Isaiah hears the request. He hears God's call for help. And his response is, here I am. Send me. He's like, God, you, you can use me. And today, God is asking the same question. God is saying, who can I send to tell people? 
God is saying, who can I use? Who is going to be willing to go into their workplace and let people know that I love them? Who's willing to go into their school and bring people closer to me? God is saying, who is willing to use the COVID-19 situation to help people know me? What individuals are willing to, to raise their hand and say, I will represent you in the middle of this chaos and in the middle of this confusion. God, I will rec- represent you in the middle of all of this fear. God is saying, who is going to let people know that I love them and care about them and that I want them to experience the most incredible life? God is saying, who will go for me? And just like Isaiah, you and I have the choice. We have an opportunity where we could say, God, I, just to be honest with you, it doesn't really fit my career path. God, that is really going to complicate my life. God, right now, I just, I just kind of need to focus on me. I need to really think about myself. I don't really have time to think about anybody else. I just, God, if I could just focus on me for a little bit. Or we could say, God, I'll do it. God, I don't know, I don't know what it'll look like, but, but I'm here. God, you can send me. And clearly right now we're in a situation where we have to be careful. We have to make sure that we're following all of the restrictions and all of the orders that are being put in place. But let's get creative. Let's start saying every morning, God, you can use me to do whatever it is that you want me to do. God, you lead me, you direct me, but I'm in. And that's the first step. To find significance, the first step is saying, God, you can use me to do whatever it is that you want. And then the second step is just as huge. The second step is that we have to be a person of integrity. And this can be a pretty hard deal because people around us are oftentimes doing whatever they need to do to get to the top. Taking shortcuts, backstabbing others, being dishonest, whatever they need to do to get ahead. And the temptation sometimes or always is always lingering there to just to maybe do the same. The temptation is oftentimes to say, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep my work over here, and I'm going to keep my family here, and I'm going to keep my church over here, keep work at work and family at family and church at church. Oftentimes we think, well, I, I can't really live like Jesus and be successful at work. I, I, I have to be cutthroat. I have to take the advantages that I can. But what we can't miss, we can't miss the reality that, that in our life, we will never have an impact of internal significance apart from integrity. Our significance will be limited by the integrity that we possess. So what's integrity? Let's consider what that is. Integrity is basically living out what we believe, living out what we claim to be important, no matter where we are or who's watching. Integrity is not being a different person at home and then a different person at work and then a different person at church. And certainly we put on different hats, but, but does your faith, does what you believe, is it integrated into every area of life? That's integrity. Choosing integrity means being consistent. It means being honest. It means being consistently honest. Sometimes it's, it's recognizing that we're probably going to stand out because we're not acting or responding the way everybody at work does or the way everybody at school does. From a biblical perspective, it's choosing to recognize that God's direction, that if we pursue it, it's going to bring a joy to our life as we live out those principles each day that maybe doesn't make sense to everybody. But his decision right now to say, I'm going to do what may not be popular, what may not be expedient for my career, may not take me to the top right away, it may not, but I'm going to choose to be a person of integrity. And I'm going to live out what I believe. 
I'm going to live it out in front of my coworkers, in front of my boss, in front of my friends, and what I post to Facebook. I'm going to live in, with integrity for how I respond to a worldwide pandemic. I'm going to have integrity as I deal with a rapidly changing everyday world. Listen to them. There's some instructions that were given to a young pastor. It was said this. It said, work hard so you can present yourself to God and receive his approval. Be a good worker, one who does not need to be ashamed or one who correctly explains the word of truth. Basically what he's talking about, and if we go on and read, he's talking about, listen, don't just pursue the approval of your boss or the approval of, co-work- of your coworkers. Strive for God's approval. Be a person that doesn't have to be ashamed of the way that they live, that can, that can explain with truth what they've done. And God's approval of how we work and what we do doesn't actually come through what has been accomplished or what gets done. What God cares about is how you do it and why you do it. And what's so great about integrity and the beauty in integrity is that there's no regrets. We never have to be ashamed of a decision that we made. We ne- there's never a response or an action that we took within our career that we have to be like, oh, I can't believe I did that. I hope nobody ever finds out about that. And we begin to pursue integrity. And as we pursue integrity in what we do, and it, it flows over into all of that, it leads into the next step if we're going to be finding significance. And the next step is to pray daily for others at work. Now, right now, others at work might be your husband or wife that's sitting across the dining room table as you work remotely. That could be the others at work. Right now, the others at work, uh, your coworkers, maybe it's all communication via email and phone calls, and there's still the people at work. Maybe right now, the other person at work is your cat, right? And just remember, it, honestly, if, you're, if your other coworker right now is your cat, your cat is missing those eight hours every day where you left where they got to secretly plan how they were going to take over your family and rule your house, they are missing that. So you should pray for them. Maybe, maybe, it, maybe the other people at your work right now, maybe it's the people that you're encouraging and supporting on social media. Think through, who is it that you're interacting with right now in your current situation? And begin to ask God to give them strength and peace and perseverance. Ask God to give them hope. Pray for the people in your work, whatever that looks like. Pray that God would help them, that God would become known to them during this COVID-19 experience. Maybe that they would experience God in a way they've never experienced him before. Ask God to help you be the calm, the representation of who he is, the faithful representation in front of those that you work with. Now what I recognize is sometimes we do pray about the people we work with. Oftentimes, when we come to God and we pray about the people we work with, we pray that God would deliver us from them, right? Like, dear God, please help Linda. Sorry if you're a Linda. This is just an example. No. God, please help Linda. She's miserable to work with. God, she's rude. She's not helpful. Listen, God, I'm not praying that Linda would lose her job, but could you just transfer to another area? God, just let her be somebody else's problem. Or maybe we pray, dear Jesus, would you, would you help my boss to recognize my efforts? God, would you help them see what I bring to this company? God, would you give her the courage to give me the raise that I deserve? Or maybe you're praying, dear God, would you help Pastor Brent to stop being so annoying? Could you please help Pastor Brent to get beyond all of the cat jokes? It's not fair. He never p- picks on the dogs. Could you please help him see that cats are superior? We can keep praying those ways. 
And you can pray that cat thing. We all know that that, pray, that cat prayer is not going to do anything, uh, but you're welcome to try. So we can keep praying for or about people, but instead, what if we started to take that prayer and instead of praying about people, we started praying for people? Instead of praying how God is going to help us in the process, we began to say, God, would you begin to work in their lives? Listen to some more advice that was given to that young pastor. His name was Timothy. It said this, he said, I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. Ask God to help them, intercede on their behalf, and give thanks for them. He says, for all people. This includes your coworkers. This includes your classmates. This includes the people you don't like. This includes the people that you're interacting with remotely. And, and he's saying it doesn't even have to be a compl- complicated prayer. It could initially just be, God, would you help them? This can just be a general prayer where we, maybe we don't know the specifics of somebody's life. We don't know everything going on. So we just say, God, God, would you help them to accomplish the things they want to accomplish? God, would you bless their family? God, would you help them as they go to about their job each day? God, God, would you bring them closer to yourself so that maybe they would know you at some point? We can be praying in sort of a, a general prayer. And for what we do know about them, just God, would you work in their lives? And then we can get more specific. Then we can actually begin doing what's known as interceding. And interceding is just a fancy church word, which means I know something specific, so I'm going to tell God about it. And we can ask Jesus, God, Jesus, would you be present in their life? And as we learn specifics, we can begin to say, Jesus, would you help? Would you guide? God, right now, I know my boss is going through a divorce, so God, would you help him through that process? Or maybe we say, God, I recognize my, my coworker is at home and she's, she's having to do this whole thing at home and she's dealing with several teenagers that are all locked up in the stay home, stay healthy thing with her. But God, would you just please help her to stay sane? And so we can begin by praying broadly, generally, and then we get more specific as we learn more about individuals. And then lastly, we thank God for our coworkers, which isn't always easy, but we should do it anyway. And thank God, that Jesus, thank God that he's put us in the situation that we're in, that he's put us around the people that we work with. And as you and I pray for our coworkers, something significant will begin to happen in their lives. It will make a difference in their life. But as we pray for those that we work with, their life will begin to, they'll begin to experience God more, but it'll really begin to transform us. Because when you and I begin to take time to pray for our boss or pray for our coworkers, pray for our classmates, our hearts will actually move towards them. Our hearts will begin to move towards them. We'll begin to care for them more. We'll begin to be more patient with them. We'll find ourselves being kinder to them. We'll find ourselves wanting God's best in their life. Even the annoying ones. Even the people we don't want to be around. The more that we pray for them, the more we will begin to see that our care for them, our love for them, our value for them will begin to grow as we spend time saying, God, would you bless their life? God, would you work in their life? Would you help them to see who you are? And as you and I are praying for our coworkers and as we're desiring for them to know Jesus, something else is going to begin to grow. And ultimately, our willingness to invite others to what you found to be true will begin to grow. And understand, this isn't about convincing people. This isn't about talking somebody into something. This isn't about telling people how they need to change. This is about recognizing that Jesus has made a difference in your life. If you have a desire to respect and treat all people well because of what Jesus has done for you, if you're in your life, you found hope and you found strength in your faith. 
If being connected to a church has been beneficial for you and your family, invite people to that. And next Sunday is Easter, and this is the biggest day on the church calendar. And Easter is the day where we're going to celebrate that Jesus did not just die to pay the price for our sins, but that Jesus, three days later, defeated death and came back to life, and we lean in that power for our lives each and every day. And not only do we lean into that power to overcome death each and every day, we lean into that same power, trusting that that power is going to allow us to spend eternity with Jesus when this life is over. And you and I, we have the privilege to invite people to the truth that we found for our own lives. And if this morning you are joining us online, and if this morning you've never accepted that for yourself, this morning is your opportunity to start that relationship with Jesus. I want to invite you to that. But it starts by acknowledging the sin in your life. Acknowledging that there have been actions and choices and words and thoughts, responses. This is what we describe as sin. Those actions, those words, those choices, those thoughts that break relationship with God or break relationship with another person. And then it's accepting that Jesus died. He paid the price for that sin in your life. He died on the cross so that you wouldn't have to pay the price for that sin. And then it's believing that Jesus, three days later, rose from the dead. He defeated death so that you and I can experience the most abundant life right now in this life, but we can also spend all of eternity alive with Jesus. And if today you're ready to take that step, in the little chat window, we have this box that we think is going to show up where you can, you can click on that and say, I want to raise my hand and say, that's what I want to do. If this morning you're saying, I am ready to start a relationship with Jesus, I'm ready to commit my life to Jesus, then, then click on that and just raise your hand and, and we're going to be in contact with you. We're going to send you some more information about what all that means. We can pray with you if that would be something you would desire. But really right now, what I also want you to do, I want you to pray some words with me. And basically when we pray, it's just us talking to God. And so you can pray out loud or you can pray in your thoughts. It doesn't matter. But if you're ready to accept Jesus and what he wants to offer with you, offer to you, just say these words. Jesus, this morning I recognize that there is sin in my life. That I have done things, that I've made choices, that I've taken action, that have broken relationship with you or broken relationship with other people. Jesus, this morning I recognize that that sin in my life was going to ultimately mean I was going to have to die for those sins. But Jesus, you chose to die for me. Jesus, you allowed yourself to be nailed on that cross so that I could experience forgiveness of that sin in my life. Thank you for that. I accept that for myself. Jesus, this morning, I also believe that you rose from the dead, that you defeated death. And because you defeated death, now I can accept that for myself and I can experience the life that you want to give to me, the life that you want to help me live right now in this world, that I could find the most abundant life possible, the greatest experience in this life, but also that I could experience life for eternity with you. Jesus, this morning, I don't completely understand it all. I don't get it all. But Jesus, what I recognize is that I need you in my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, for all of us that have found that to be true in our life, what we need to be doing, we have to be inviting people to Easter. This is the moment of the year. for It's where people are most interested or most willing to check out church. And honestly, right now could never be better. This, this opportunity for people to join you online is absolutely perfect. They can check out church without even having to enter into the building. They get to check out church, and if they don't like my face, they can just black out the screen. Or if they don't like the cat joke, they can hit mute, whatever. It's a perfect opportunity to invite people to check out church. Listen to some words that were written by one of Jesus' closest friends. He said this, 
He said instead, you must worship Christ as the Lord of your life. And if someone asks about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. But do this in a gentle and respectful way. When we choose to live a life of significance, people are going to begin to watch our life. And they're going to begin to see what's going on. And they're going to ask, they're like, where does that hope come from? They're going to begin to ask, what is the reason that you live the way that you live? What, where is that motivated from? And we have a moment then to share the truth that we found. So online, we've got an event on our Facebook page where you can invite people to that, where you can indicate that you're planning to attend Easter services online. Take those opportunities. Send those links out. Invite people personally to join you next week for Easter. Invite them to what you found to be true. And then the last step, if we're going to live a life of significance, the last step is to choose to invest your income and bonuses towards eternity. Right now, if currently you have no income, if today you are out of work, understand God expects nothing from you financially. But when God blesses us with income, when God gives us a bonus, when God gives into our life, when he gives us resources, it's our chance to then invest back into God's purpose. And the dollars that you and I contribute right now to church is allowing us, or all times, allows us to take what God has provided, give it back to the church, and then the church gets to invest that in people's lives. And honestly, never before has the church functioned and looked like it does right now. And all, these are difficult and challenging moments. It is like we've totally rewritten our entire job description and how we're doing these things. But what's really happening is it is creating some opportunities that we've never had before. Here's what I want you to know. At Silver Creek, we are not going away during this crisis. And we are going to continue to plan and, and put effort into providing resources that, that give you hope and support and encouragement through this entire situation. And whenever this is over, and none of us know when that is going to be, but whenever this is over, we are trying to lean into Jesus for guidance and, and direction so that when we come out of this, we are stronger than we've ever been as a church that we'll be more ready to, to be able to meet emotional and physical needs like we've never before, that we can address spiritual needs like we've never been able to before. But for order for that to continue to happen, it takes those of us that God is blessing with resources to continue to be committed to giving back to allowing that to happen. Jesus encouraged us this way. Jesus said, don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust could not destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. This morning, if Silver Creek isn't your church, if you don't have an income, if you're just here and you're just sort of exploring this idea of Jesus, just kind of checking out church, we are not looking for your money. Please, don't, no obligation. We're not looking for you to give anything. But for those of us that call this, call Silver Creek their church, for those of us that, that Silver Creek has been a benefit in our lives, for those of us that currently have an income that God is providing, the reality is that we get to invest in more than just stuff. We get to invest in something more than will just last for a little time. We get to invest in eternity. We're trying to still make it available in ways for you to give easily. Up in the right-hand corner, I think there's a place for you to, to contribute online. Also, you can mail in checks if you know how to use the mail. Uh, something about a stamp. I don't totally get it all anymore. But anyway, you can do it that way if that's easy. Whatever. But what we're confident is, is that God is going to continue to provide. That God is going to continue to bless and he's going to provide for Silver Creek. And then through that, we want to be able to serve you and we want to serve our community and we want to ser serve our world. 
And in our lives, each of us have the opportunity to be successful, to achieve things, to have accomplishments. But let's choose not to stop there. Let's use what we've been given to be more than just successful, but to be significant. To have a lasting impact on those around us, on the communities that we live in, and even on those individuals that don't even know us. Let's live lives that are significant. And every week, we we try to provide you with some next steps. You'll see them on the Connect card there. You'll see them in the message notes. But really, what we want you to be able to do is to think for yourself and respond on what your next step is going to be. Gives us a way to be able to pray for you as God is working in your life. But really what we want you to do is we want you to take this and we want to make it personal for yourself. So as you think about a life of significance, what's your next step? Maybe your next step is to determine if you will strive for success or whether you will strive for significance. Maybe your next step is to identify the first step that you need to take to focus on towards moving you towards significance. What are the steps that you need to take? What's the first one you want to pursue? Maybe this morning you just need to start talking and planning about how you can pursue significance in our current reality. Maybe your next step is to commit to supporting God's work through financially contributing to Silver Creek. And maybe your next step is to invite some friends, to invite family to join you for Easter online next Sunday at 11 a.m. Whatever it is this morning, whatever it is that you're going through, we're still praying for you. We're hoping that you're staying safe. But don't allow the craziness of our world to prevent you from responding to whatever Jesus is saying to you this morning. Let's pray. God, this morning as we're here collectively through the internet, but but God, more collectively through your spirit, Jesus, we would ask that you would work in our hearts and work in our minds. Help us to be transformed in, in a way that only you can do. God, help us to recognize the value of significance over success. God, that we would use the things that you've given us and the ways that you've blessed us, that we would use it to have an impact on our community, on on the lives around us, and, and on the individuals that we work with. God, thank you that you allow us to take our career, to take our job, to take what it is that we do, and allow it to be something so much greater than just a job. But God, that we can use it that we can be an influence that can impact eternity and impact your purposes. Thank you so much for this morning. Thank you for the chance for us to gather. We love you. In Jesus' name.